Uh, I'm Kenny Stewart, and uh, I want to talk about how the Word has changed my life. It helped me really to get to know God better, uh, because He real reveals Himself through that Word. And uh, I first struggled with uh, having a desire to read it and understanding it. Uh, and as I prayed about that, pray for for God to uh, give me that desire and to give me that understanding. Um, it changed. It changed where now, where I just can't read it enough. It has brought me to truth and uh, and dealing with the doubt and anxiety and uh, fears and uh, trials that I was going through every day. It helped me to concentrate and, and apply that truth into my life and no longer fall for those traps that uh, the devil puts in your mind. I wanted to hear what God had to say. I wanted to listen to God. But uh, question is that, is that God's voice? Uh, how do I hear God? Uh, well, I think He speaks to us uh, primarily through His Word, um, and that has changed my my life probably uh, more than anything. Good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and this is Shane Seegers. And Shane, what do you do here? I'm the director of multi-site, and so I'm working with the site pastors and all the other locations that we have and seeing how God continues to expand Centerpoint. Okay, and you obviously don't run sound because your microphone's way out oh, over here. Okay, well, <laughs> that, okay. Hey, uh, good morning, everyone. We are so glad you're with us today. Today we're going to be talking about the Bible. It's one of our core values at uh, Centerpoint. We're talking about the centered life and our whole church structure has been built around, we've explained our mission, our vision the last couple of weeks. In fact, inside the jacket on your bulletin, you'll find our mission and our vision and our values. And it's something that we want everybody to know what we're trying to do here because we organize this church to help all of us grow. This church was put together by ordinary people to help ordinary people become successful in their Christian life, successful in following God, successful in surrendering their lives to God. And so uh, today we're going to talk about one of those core values, and that's biblical authority. So inside your bulletin, you will find an outline entitled Biblical Authority. And, we'll t and you just heard on the screen why we think the Bible is so important, because the Bible changes lives. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that, and we want you to know what the Bible says about itself and why we hold the Bible in such high esteem here. We value it above all other books in the world. And so um, today we're going to talk about uh, why that's so important to us to here and why that applies to my life and to yours. So would you pray for us? Sure. Father, well, we want to thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for the opportunity we have, again, uh, to gather together. Uh, we're just so, so important that we do have that opportunity to come together and uh, to encourage one another, but to hear from you. And God, you, you're coming to uh, speak to us and to reveal truth about your word and who you are and how we get to know you through your word and God how you give us wisdom to live this life to accomplish uh, not only your plans and purposes in our life but so that we can have life and have it to the full and God I pray that you would uh, as John prays every week that you'd move us out of the way so that you can speak straight to our hearts God that we might hear you and we might leave this place more connected to you and in line with your will so God do this for your glory and for our are good in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you need a pen to fill in the blanks, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring one to you, but we're going to jump right in on point A at center point. We value the Bible as our guide in all matters of faith and practice. My wife and I, we discovered once GP, once we discovered GPS, our marriage got so much better when we took trips. Okay. Because we had a guide to get us where we're going. 
And I really was one of those guys where it's like, maps, maps, it's north. I know the way there. Uh, and we would, she would get so frustrated. She'd go, can we just stop and ask directions? And now we have the phone, and now the woman on the phone tells me to turn around. Okay, but anyway, uh, so there you go. Okay. Now, you, now you have two guides. Now I have two guides. There we go. But the point is, if we have a guide, we'll get where we want to go. And one of the things that we want everybody to understand, the Bible's our guide. Remember, again, this is one of our core values here, that the Bible's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. That it, because if we don't have a guide, if we don't have an authority, well then, I mean, if the Bible isn't that authority, we'll listen to something else. I mean, listen to what the Bible says about itself. Psalm 119, how sweet your words taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And we find this not just as a church, but as individuals. Remember, again, our church is just organized to help us all individually go the right way. This isn't just a good idea for Centerpoint. Well, yeah, churches have to be based on the Bible, but does everybody? Well, only if you want to have God guide your path. I mean, listen to our uh, belief statement. This is from our statement of belief. Here's what we believe about the Bible. The sole basis for our belief is the Bible, the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. The Bible is God's word to all people in all times. The entire Bible is uniquely God-breathed, without error, and the final authority on all matters of faith and practice. Our elders, we hammered all that out, and we formed this church close to six years ago now. And we said, what do we believe about the Bible? Where are we going to get our authority? Well, John, what do you mean? Where else would you get your authority? All kinds of places. I mean, it could be from popular opinion. could be from economics. What do you mean? Well, I talked to somebody not that long ago. And they had a breakup. They'd been living together for three or four years. It wasn't working out. Feelings were hard and stuff. I go, well, tell me why you ever moved in together in the first place. Well, my roommate moved out and I couldn't afford the rent. And so he said I could move in with him. So the way you determine a mate is based on rent. No, some of you laughed here. You can laugh at that. And they went, well, I mean, you make that sound terrible. I go, okay, you make it sound good. I mean, you said the reason you moved in, the reason you became intimate and bonded with this person is because of rent. Economics. That's the way we're going to choose who we're going to spend the rest of our life with? That was their guide. And if you talk to people, they go, hey, well, it seems like a good idea. And a lot of people go, oh, okay, that's a good idea. I mean, we're going to base it on television. You watch some of the shows from the 50s and stuff. I, there's channels now, like classic TV channels. They got Gilligan's Island and you know Perry Mason and all these shows from the kind of the golden era of TV. And every one of these shows, most of these shows, people are just smoking all the time. I mean, sometimes like they can't even have a scene where like three people aren't smoking. Well, now you would never see that. Our culture has said that's bad. But now if you start reading, now there's vapor cigarettes and they're becoming very popular again. What happens if that all swings back again? So we determine what we put in our bodies based on what's popular in the culture? I mean, if you lived in an area where prostitution is legal, is that good? Well, everybody says so. Hitler was freely elected. Does that make it right? And so... Somewhere we've got to start asking ourselves, well, what is our guide? If it's not the Bible, 
then what are we listening to? Or who are we listening to? And how do I make the decisions in my life? Because I have decisions to make in my life, and so do you. And that's where it comes down to, Shane, yeah, right? because values are what help us make decisions. I mean, how do we determine between going right or left, or this item or that item, unless we choose to value one over the other? And as we've already said, there's so many things that are trying to say, this is most important, this is the thing to value. But all of those things can change from our feelings to society to everything. The one thing that doesn't change is God's Word, and that's why we hold it as a deep conviction. And that's what determines our values. And so, you know, it's great that we have a clear mission that comes from God. We didn't design our own mission. This is something that God gave us. And we know what, it wa- what He wants it to look like. But the thing is, is if we don't all have values on the individual level and on the, obviously, the corporate level that are shared, we're never going to get to that destination because we'll have too many alternatives or choices that'll make that will cause us to drift from what God's called us to do. And so we have to hold on to the fact that the Bible is our guide, that it is one of our biblical authority is a core uh, value for us. Yeah, I mean, this is where we're going to get our focus. This is our moral compass. This is where we know, uh, this is how we find direction in life as a group, and as individuals. And again, the whole reason this is a core value for Centerpoint is, and the reason we teach it as a core value for all of us, all the elders are ordinary people. Ordinary people who want to help other ordinary people have a centered life. And so at the heart of this, for our church, at the heart of us, for all of us, this is what I wish for anyone, that we would understand God's word and live our lives accordingly. Because then our lives would be so much better. Right. And also, how is, if it's not... Core, uh, core value for each and every one of us, how is it going to impact the world? I mean, there are so many people that God places us in their life that will never see what goes on in this room. Hopefully they will, but not now they're not going to see it. The only way they're going to see it is when you live this value in front of them, when they see that your life is guided by God's word. Because it's one thing to say, well, center point does it, but for a lot of people, like, well, who's center point? What is center point? What does that look like? You're the only representation that so many people will ever see, not only of center point, more importantly, of Jesus. Amen. And that's why his word is so important to us. Yeah, as you can tell, Shane and I will just camp out on this first point yeah. if we don't get going. We got to get going here. Okay. Here, so, John, well, give me at least one good reason why you trust the Bible so much. Well, I'll give you three. Okay? First of all, the Bible's inspired. The Bible's inspired. What do I mean by that? I mean, God breathed. And if you'd underline the word God, God breathed, not human created. It wasn't written by a bunch of the apostles sitting in a smoky room with cigars going, yeah, write that down, that walk on the water part. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Take that part out. Okay. That's not the way this happened. And if you talk to people, some people, that's the way they say the Bible was written by a bunch of people who wanted to control your lives. Like these guys are sitting around smoking cigars going, yeah, that's a good one. That'll really mess them up. Put that in there. And it's just the most amazing thing. If you study the history of the world, the apostles were the ones who died because they wouldn't renounce the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And people said, that's impossible to believe. Nobody's going to believe that. I said, well, yeah, they will. Well, why? Because it's true. Listen to this. Above all, Peter wrote this, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. God inspired them to write these things down. 
Secondly, here's another passage, Galatians 1. This is Paul. First it was Peter, this is Paul. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand the gospel message I preach isn't based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source. No one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Remember, he, he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. The Lord spoke to him. Peter and the other disciples, they said, we want you to share. John says, we want, we want you to know what, what our hands touched, what our eyes saw, what our ears heard. We want you to understand what God revealed to us. And in the margin, you write the word revealed. This is revealed truth. God revealed this to us. People didn't come up with this. And that's why it's such a, it's like no other book. People ask one time, well, what does the word Bible mean? The word Bible means book. It's the holy book. Well, aren't there other holy books? Yes, there are. Well, why do you elevate this holy book above all other holy books? Because it was inspired by God. God himself breathed this into the hearts of the authors, spread out over many, many generations from many, many different backgrounds and cultures, and it all is put together in one place. Yeah, and not only is it from God, it, it's, it's to you. And I, and I want you to hear that because God's given us this incredible mission. You know, his last words again were, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Remember, we went over this a couple of weeks ago. This is to you and this is to me. These are God's words speaking directly to us. And he gives us this incredible mission and challenge, you know, of going and making disciples, of baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all these commanded but then he gives us this incredible promise. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's why God's, God's word that it's from him is so important. Because it's one of his promises of how he's never going to leave us. I mean, just imagine how hard it would be to carry out that mission if we didn't have his voice. We didn't have his words guiding us, directing us on it. Well, I run into problems all the time. It's, God, I need your wisdom. Where, where do we find it? It's in his word. So... The reason why we value it individually is because he's given us a great task, but he's promised never to leave us. And this is one of the ways that he's with us. He's continually speaking to us and guiding us. I would hope we would never choose to, to embrace the mission without his direction. Yeah, and that's why the life application here is we must embrace the Bible as a marvelous gift from God to help us. Why do, you, why do we want you to read the Bible every day? Because it's God's gift to each one of us. It's not just God's gift to John Schmidt and Shane Seegers and the pastoral staff. Well, pastors have to read the Bible. I don't know why it's in their contract. I guess I don't know. The rest of us, they have to know the Bible. We got to go there and listen to them talk about it. And, you know, it's kind of like doing penance. You got to endure this stuff and then, then you get into heaven one day, I guess. I don't know. If that's the way you look at worship and this is the way you look at uh, under, studying the Bible, it's just a necessary evil. Well, then you've misunderstood the whole thing. This is a great gift. Listen to what Paul wrote Timothy about this. All scripture, the second Timothy three, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God's word is given to us to show us the right way to live. And if I read it every day, then it's, and which is the way, the best way to take it in, if I read a little bit every day, I get a little bit of correction every day. 
it approves the things when I do right. I underline something and go, oh, good, I've been doing that. That's good. And I feel like God's saying good. And then there's other parts I read and I go, yeah, I'm wrong on that. I'm going to read another part today. This is really convicting. But it will convict you and me if you and I will allow it to. Because God wants to speak to you and me. He wants what's best for my life. He wants what's best for your life. Now listen, one other passage here, and then Shane, if you got a comment, yeah. jump in. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted on the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all, their, all they do. The whole uh, point of that illustration there in that passage is this. is like a tree by a riverbank. Well, a tree by a riverbank has its roots down deep, where it can draw water from the river, even if it doesn't rain for a long time. And so even if I'm going through hard times, if I'm rooted in God's word, I can draw strength and I can draw courage. And even if other people around me are all giving up, I can keep a positive attitude. And they go, where do you get this? Well, I get it from God's word. And if even if other people are mistreating me, I'm not mistreating them back. I'm treating them with kindness. They go, what makes you different? The Lord gives me strength and the Lord gave me wisdom. I would have treated you the same as everybody else. But I just read this in the Bible the other day. I shouldn't do that. And God showed me that this was the wrong way to go. And now I want to go the right way. And all of a sudden, man, people say, I want that. Teach me how to read the Bible like that. And I think it even goes to, you know, reading is the first step that we do. But don't miss that word meditating on Mm. it day and night. Yeah. Because that's like what the roots do. They stay in it. Just keep absorbing it. That's why... You know, our site pastors and uh, connect group leaders, if you haven't been challenged, you will be challenged to when you read the Word to also journal about it. And again, there's nothing magical about the journaling, but it helps you to meditate on it. It helps you to to think deeper about not just what it says, but what does it mean and how does it change me and, and how do I apply it to my life. And that's so important because, again, we just don't want to have knowledge We're going to see we embrace it so that we can use it. Yeah, and then we grow in wisdom, and it's life-changing. So the Bible's our guide. Give me three reasons. First one is Bible's inspired. God breathed it, not a bunch of guys making a bunch of rules. This is from God, and he still speaks through it to us to change us so we can do what's right and live life abundantly. Point two, the second reason that we believe in this is because the Bible is truth. The Bible is truth. Here, if you flip your page over, you'll see a couple of, reasons, a couple of passages to back that up. This is what the Bible claims about itself. Jesus, uh, when he prayed for his disciples and the disciples that would follow them, here's what he prayed. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. God's word is truth. Jesus said so. And it is true. It's, like I said, it's a compass. It's true north. If I know where north is, well, then I know where south is. If I know where north is, I can go southeast or southwest because i got a at least i got one point of reference i got to make decisions in my life that's where we started you and i do economic decisions relational decisions career decisions we got to make decisions to forgive we got to make decisions to plan we got to make decisions all the time well where are we going to go for direction we go to god's word because it's true it's not going to change public opinion will change cultures will change friends will change The word of God never changes. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and finish it for me. True. True. And the Bible claims to be truth. And just like John was commanded to write this down, all the writers wrote that down because this is truth. And some of them wrote it down 
At times you read some of the prophecies in the Old Testament, because they said these things, they were thrown in prison or even executed. They weren't doing it to get rich or to be powerful. They did it even if it cost them their lives because they said, I have to tell you the truth. And we love that. And that's what's so great about the Bible. In the Bible, we see the truth. And that's what a true friend does. A true friend tells you if you're about to make a mistake. They don't just let you go bumbling in. And so, um, and Shannon, I'd love for you to talk on this. Life application, we must learn God's word. I'll give you two applications if it's true. First of all, we need to put it into practice. You can just put apply it if that fits better in the blank. God doesn't give us his word just so we can read it, for, just so we can sit down and go, wow, I read through the Bible. That's not the goal. Uh, you can read through a lot of books and not apply them. Uh, James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, well, then God will bless you for doing it. I think that's one of the common misperceptions uh, that we have about the Word is that it's just a textbook to be studied as opposed to a re- revelation to know Him. And, um, you know, I made that error where it's just all about getting information. But what I found is it's not through studying that I get to know God better. I'm not against Bible study. I love Bible study. But if I want to get to know God better, I have to apply it. And what I found is, is as I apply God's word and I'm faithful with what he gives me, meaning I put into action what he clearly clearly gives me, another principle comes on top of that, that God will reveal more about himself. Mm. And God will reveal more about his will. And God will continue to give me more guidance to take the next step because I was faithful with taking the first step. And that's why we have uh, connect groups as opposed to just Sunday school classes. There's nothing wrong in the sense of Sunday school class. I'm not anti-Sunday school. But what I want to do is to move it from just one person relaying all kinds of information to us creating uh, community around biblical conversations where we all have insights to add from our faithfulness and what wisdom God's given us so that we can spur one another on towards embracing God's word, applying it in our lives, and challenging us to live it. Because we all have something to give when it comes to to hearing God's word. I think we're much better at really being able to discern what God is truly saying when we have more Christians who are in his word sharing about it and answering questions and and encouraging one another to say, hey, well, what are you going to do with that? And what do you think it really means as opposed to just, didn't you like what John said? Yeah, Um, here's the whole point. You've got all, if you look in your outline, you'll even see uh, after the outline's over, there's a bunch of discussion questions for connect groups. Well, part of that's Bible study. A lot of it's application. I mean, that's what we want to know. And that's what we want you to discuss. Okay, let's look it up. Now, are we going to do what it says or not? I mean, I mean, we can all imagine somebody going to church and hearing a sermon, could hear a sermon for 20 years and not apply any of it. Isn't that possible? Well, of course it is. Well, when are we going to ever sit down and talk about it? You know what people ought to do? They ought to sit down and talk about it and figure out how to apply it. Yeah, well, welcome to connect groups, right? That's it. Yeah, I think, you know, even in Jesus, when he gave the greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, when it came down to the end, the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, the only the difference was that one, that what, what, I'll get it out one of these days. Thank Don't you. Don't worry about so. it. That, <laughs> that the person applied it. They both heard the message, the wise man and the foolish man, both heard it. The difference was the wise man applied it. He built his house upon it. 
why the foolish man neglected it. Yeah, it's not just information. We have to make application. I mean, in America, do we not know we need to eat less and exercise more? Has anybody ever heard that? Okay, and then we're all doing it, right? Okay, moving on. All right, life application, if it's true, first of all, we need to apply it. Secondly, you and I can boldly proclaim God's word with confidence everywhere. I mean, one of the things we read in our statement about the Bible was the entire Bible is with the final authority on matters of faith and practice, but it's also God's word to all people in all times. Well, we can boldly go wherever God wants us to go. The idea of we're going to start up a thousand locations, we talked about it last week. Well, what are we going to tell them? And how are we going to do that with confidence? Well, I'm not going to go with confidence if it's just my opinion. Well, John Schmidt says this. Well, who's he? I don't care. And you shouldn't. But if God's word says this, well, this is true for all people in all times. And this is really amazing stuff. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, look, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether time's favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. That's the same guy. That's the same book of the Bible, the next chapter, right after I'd read that 2 Timothy 3.16, where he'd written that all scriptures inspired by God, useful to sharpen us, correct us. Well, the next chapter, he's telling him, so go out and preach it. It's inspired. It's true. You got confidence in it. Paul also wrote in Ephesians, he said, look, I'm in chains now, still preaching the message of God's ambassador, so pray that I'll keep speaking boldly for him as I should. He's in prison, and he's saying, I want to preach boldly. Man, I love that guy. He is imprisoned for preaching, and he goes, yeah, would you just pray I'll be boldly? This chain some kind, sometimes kind of intimidates me. <laughs> the threat of execution sometimes intimidates me. So pray that I'll be bold. And a lot of times Paul was chained up between guards and you got the idea that he was glad about it because in another place he says the whole guard, all the people in the guard heard the gospel well, chained up to that guy. I mean, you're chained to Billy Graham. I mean, it's like <laughs> every shift he's just looking forward to, okay, have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you. And they'd have to sit there for 12 hours and let him talk. Now look at that. I mean... Imagine if we were that way, boldly saying, this is the inspired word of God. This isn't my opinion. I mean, you understand, when we have the word of God, then when it comes to issues, how do you define marriage? Well, how does the Bible define marriage? When do I know how to, when should I forgive? Well, when does the Bible say you should forgive? Should I take another job? Well, it depends upon your motive. What does the Bible say about my motives? And now all of a sudden we got a guide that's true and it's inspired and it's amazing. Yeah. And, and we can say that boldly everywhere. And a lot of times when it comes to this mission, you ever heard the phrase off the map? I mean, you're going someplace you've never been before. How much more confidence do we have when we're stepping out into something that's brand new for us? Knowing that we can be bold because we have the direction and the guidance from the one who knows it all. And he wants what's best for us. He's not just trying to, I mean, it's, it's such, it gives such confidence for us in being on mission with what God's calling us to do because he's our source and he's speaking to us and God wants you to know. He's not up there up in heaven going, oh, they'll never figure this out. That's why he's revealed it to us. And finally, that brings us to the third reason that the Bible is our guide and why we trust it so much because it's powerful. Listen to this. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper then the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Under that, if you'd write the word motives, just write motives there. Exposes our motives. And that's what you'll see over and over and over again. I'm not going to do that. 
A good question asked is, why? That makes me mad. Why? I don't want to. I want to. Why? And we start examining our motives. Man, all of a sudden when we read the Bible, our motives get exposed really quickly. It's incredible. I'm not ashamed of this good news, Paul said, talking about the power of it again. This good news of Jesus Christ, it's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it's through faith a righteous person has life. One more, Isaiah 55, 10, 11. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground and water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer, bread for the hungry. Same with my word. I send it out. It always produces fruit. It'll accomplish all I want to, and it'll prosper everywhere I send it. The word of God is living and powerful. There are people who's I know a guy, he became a Christian when he was a desperation, thinking about taking his life. He picked up, he went to a hotel room, picked up a Gideon Bible in the hotel and started reading it, and he fell on his knees and asked Christ into his life. Asked him how he became a Christian, he goes, a Gideon Bible. Because it's living and active. I mean, people have, many people have given their lives to make sure the Bible has been, been translated into languages people can understand. This is life-changing stuff. And it accomplishes things. And sometimes we read something in a Bible and it doesn't seem to mean much until a month later or a year later. And all of a sudden, it becomes crystal clear, the meaning behind a passage. And you go, oh, God, I need to change my attitude. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Raise your hand high if it's happened to you where God's word has changed your attitude. Okay. I was hoping you put your hand yeah. up there, man. I was looking something up in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a talk between the services here. Shane, we've got to go read the Bible. I okay. believe it. <laughs> one more verse, write this in the margin, Colossians 1, 6. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. This same good news is going out everywhere, changing lives. You know, we have confidence because it's inspired. We know it's true, so we can proclaim it boldly. And when we go out and start churches wherever God leads us, start congregations all over the place, and we send people out, they're going to see changed lives. John, are you sure of that? Absolutely rock solid sure. The same good news that changed my life will change yours. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, surrender your life to him. He'll give you a brand new life. Take away your guilt, your shame, your pain. Give you meaning and purpose. Why in the world wouldn't I want the whole world to know that? Why in the world do I want to leave people in sin? Well, I don't know if I should tell them about love and forgiveness. I don't want to push that on people. No, no. Let's leave them in darkness and pain and hatred. How about that? Isn't that more compassionate? What are we going to tell people when they're about to die? When we know there's a plan of salvation where they could live forever. Oh, I don't want to tell them about that. Why not? What better news could there be? Our sins can be forgiven. We can have new life right now and eternal life forever through Christ. If that's good news to you, would you say amen? Amen. Well, it's only true if the power, if it has power and if it really works. It really works. And that's why we proclaim his word. I got preaching there. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah, no. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) hit the last note here, Shane. This is from a book by Neil Cole, right? Yeah, Neil Cole. Because again... The only power that can change 
lives, that can transform lives, that can change destinies is the Word of God. It's not your ability. It's not our charismatic personality. Mm. It's none of that stuff. It's the Word of God. And the point is, is that uh, when, when God, or when Jesus left, he looked at his disciples and said, my spirit's going to come and it's going to give you power. And that power of his spirit is wrapped up in his word that has to be shared. And as we look at this mission, it's not just about us planning sites. It's about you having impact in people's lives. You are the one that's going to be coming in contact with people whose lives need to be transformed. Well, what are you going to plant in their lives? It's the, it's, the, it's the right seed. It's the word of God. And what Neil Cole showed, if you look at the book of Acts where he says, you know, you're going to be my witnesses and it's going to start in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. If you follow through the book of Acts, you'll see this, this progression. And so it starts off in Acts 6, um, verse 7. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. The word spread and lives were changed. Acts 8, 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. It wasn't just the apostles or, or, or preachers or whatever. It was every person. When they left, they preached the word. And then Acts twelve twenty four. The word of God continued to spread and there were many new believers. It wasn't an idea or just a philosophy or a structure or a... A strategy, it was the word of God that was planted and, and spread. Acts 19, 9 and 10, it said, But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. He had his own connect group there. Yeah, right? apparently. Uh, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And that's how it continued to spread. And I just want you to know that that started in Acts chapter 6. But the reason why it continued on is because in verse 2, the disciples had a value judgment. They had something that helped them to make a decision that would determine the outcome. Because I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of arguments about feeding of the widows and stuff like that. And they were getting distracted, so they raised up other people that could help in the work. But listen to what the 12 said. And this is Acts, Acts 6 2. This right? is 6 2. He yeah. said, So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. And they said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. It's not that a food program was bad, but as you go on and see, they, they prioritized the, the teaching of the Word and time in prayer. And they said, We cannot let that be neglected. And that value determined and set the direction for the spread of the Word throughout the world. And that's the kind of people we need to be. We need to make that same decision. We have to protect this value. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing. That's hearing the good news about Christ. So we start up all these churches and they get involved in serving their communities. That's part of our, that's part of our vision here. Getting people in small groups. What are they going to discuss? The Bible and how to apply it to their lives. And as people go, we're going to make disciples and teach them everything that we've been taught. From God's Word. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. It's inspired. And so the last life application for you and me, and we'll wrap up with this, the better we know God's Word, the more useful we will be at spreading God's Word. Would you read that out loud with me, please? The better we know God's Word, the more useful we will be at spreading God's Word. That just makes sense, doesn't it? Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, 
who rightfully handles the word of truth. Here's what ashamed looks like. You talk to somebody about something, they go, well, I disagree with that. And we go, where, does that say that in the Bible? And we go, I don't know. I mean, none of us wants to get caught like that. Now, it's okay to say, I don't know, I'll get back to you and go look it up. But let's, let's get to know our Bibles. I mean, we can be useful then for spreading the good news all around the world. And that's where we want to be as a church. And we want to help each other do that. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we could talk all day about the Bible um, because I love your word. And Lord, I just pray that we'll embrace it as a gift. Your word is inspired. Nobody came up with this uh, on their own. You inspired people to write down the things that were written. And God, um, if we are obedient to this, we will find our lives rich and full and meaningful. We'll be empowered with truth and wisdom. And God, I just pray that you would allow your word to, that we'd use it as a mirror and we'd examine ourselves and our motives. Oh God, I pray you'd put a burning desire in our hearts to read the Bible ourselves and know it and own it so we can be useful in helping others and say, hey, look, I read something in the Bible that changed my life. In just a moment of silence, if God spoke to you about something today, would you just say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you. I heard you from your word. Lord, you exposed one of my motives or one of my fears today, one of my doubts. If you experienced that today, then say, Lord, I heard you. Oh, God, I pray that you will speak, that your word will fall down like rain watering the earth, and it will cause fruit to grow up in our lives, fruit that we can share with others. Use this message to accomplish whatever you want, and, Lord, I pray that we will always keep your word as a high value here, because your word is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. May we never stray from that. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen.